please don't judge. Please don't judge because we never saw that we never saw your favorite movie. But now it's time. All right, Al, let's hit him with the finale. It's Alex and Steve with a pot, and they're watching the movies they should have. It's movies that I should have watched. I should have watched. I should have watched. Oh, welcome back, everybody, to another episode of Movies I Should Have Watched. I'm ugh, Alex. I'm skipping the bit. Why? I'm not going to lie to you, Al. I'm getting tired of doing that little W welcome thing, that long welcome. That's fine. Just switch it up. I'm getting switch it up. I'm getting tired of it. I don't I don't think it makes the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> it's not going to make next season. I think season. I'm done. I think that was I think I think yeah, season 1 <laughs> that that's what that was. Anyway, this is the uh, movies I should have watched the podcast for watch movies. We should have watched a long time ago and now we're finally watching them with our friends and things. Um, I'm Steve Granada. That's Alex Schmidt. Already introduced. What up, Al? What's up? What's up? So I had here's my story of the day. I went okay. to a tea shop um, last week, and because I I had drank coffee in the morning already, and I wanted some black tea to kind of ease me into the rest of the day on on a little bit of caffeine. So I went to this tea shop, and I was like, hmm, what's the difference between the Assam black tea and the red jade black tea? Because it's all gravy to me. And so he was like, okay, so the red black tea has a little bit more bolder flavor to it. The black tea has a little bit more body. And so um, I realize now this is not, this is not exciting. No. <laughs> and so when I went up, um, the lady, she kind of walked up to me and like as if like I was a little child. She's like, hi, hello. Um, are you, this, you ordered the red jade black tea? Have you been here before? And I was like, oh, no. She's like, okay, well, um, I'm going to stand right here. You're going to give it a taste test. Let me know if I need to make any modifications to uh, it. And I, I was already like super uncomfortable. I was like, oh, my God, I don't yeah, know what I don't to like do. That at all. So I just drank it. And I was like, oh, yeah, it's good. And then I, <laughs> I walked away. Yeah. And then never came back again. I, well, I do want to go back now because I want to be like, a, um, oh, yeah, this this, you know, black tea does have a really strong forward mm. notes of, of mahogany. Yes, and, I, um, I, I feel the eucalyptus coming yeah. through. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. This has Very a lot flowery. of flowery. Yeah. A lot of healing, <laughs> um, healing factors to it. I, I, mm, I like that. Healing yeah. factors. Chocolate. Cool. I'm tasting chocolate. Mm. <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah, this one's a, this one is a red. <laughs> Sir, you're drinking a black tea. It's a red. It's, it's a red. It's this one's a red. Um, so Alex, yeah, and then, I, and then second oh, thing. Well, wait, ahead. I have one more thing. One more thing. One more thing. Um, I, I was driving, and like this mom and her little son, like kind of walked in front of my car, so I had to slam the brakes. And the mom like Taxi waved. Driver. The mom waved. And then the ba- like you know how you kind of stick up your hand like oh hello sorry or whatever, the baby who's like a two year old also did the same thing, <laughs> lifted his hand and I was like oh I gotta give him some recognition so I looked at him and I, I waved back at him and he's like he waved and then he he beckoned my car to pass on through whoa he like he did the thing where he's like the road is yours you know go ahead go off king that's great and he's a two year old he was like a little baby. boy like could barely walk that's awesome. Wow. Nature is healing. <laughs> really, really cool. So that made my day. Well, it is a very early record. Alex, I have uh, a surprise for you. What? I have a surprise for you. Uh, there will be some backstory here. And since this is an audio medium, this won't land as hard. But this is going to land for Alex. Are you ready for your surprise, Alex? Yeah. Okay. I'm going to show you something I'm wearing. What are you, you wearing? see what I am wearing. Are you wearing a chain, Steve? I am now wearing a chain. 
Is this the chain that you've had for years and now you're just deciding to finally wear it again? (laughs) This is the backstory. This is the backstory. Alex is convinced that I have for a long time. We've known known each other for for years now, close to a decade, which is wild. Uh, It's wild. But he is convinced that for years I used to wear a gold chain. I have never worn a gold chain I do, ever. I did see you wear a gold chain at the trap house in 20, what is that, 2013, 2014? You were wearing a gold 15. chain, and no. I remember you would consistently wear this gold chain, and now, I but you're never, in complete denial. I never wore a gold chain. I'll die on this. I'll never wear a gold chain, but you wore I a gold do chain now like- own. No, 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 no. But I do. <laughs> we're not going to do this. We're not going to do this. But now I do own a silver chain. I um, and I am wearing it. I have worn it every day for the last eight days. <laughs> for the last eight years. For the last eight. <laughs> no, this is new. This is a new chain. This is my grandfather's chain. And wow. uh, it has it has um, I have it right here. I took it off because it makes me uncomfortable. Uh, maybe you just heard me open the case, but it has a, a Jesus Cristo on it, uh, and yeah. I'm, I'm like, it was my it was my grandpa's when he when he switched to Catholicism. My grandma oh. gave it to me on Easter. Very and nice. Yes, I am too. It's too on the nose for me to wear Jesus Cristo. I right. uh, I'm already <laughs> I'm already experience racism enough. <laughs> I don't want I don't want to lean in too hard. But thank you, Grandma and. Rest in peace, Grandpa. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. That's I now a, have his chain around my neck. That's a great um, and it's family the first heirloom. time I have ever worn a chain. I don't. <laughs> I've not owned a gold chain in the past, Alex. So, so are you going to be one of those guys that wears it all the time, like in the shower? Yeah, you're going to have it. No, it's. I have not worn it in the shower. Uh, when I take my shirt off and look in the mirror while wearing it, <laughs> <laughs> it's a little too on the nose. <laughs> so it it comes off for bed and situations like that. I'm not trying to wake up with a chain around my neck like that. But yes, I put it on every morning before I go walk the dog. And then I take it off before I go to bed. There it you is go. now a part of my identity. It You're is wearing some ice. Chain. You got some, you got an ice yeah, chain. It's a, ni- it's, a nice, it's a nice chain too. I'm, I'm thinking about getting uh, prayer hands with a rosary around it tattooed on my bicep. That oh. would really complete the look. Yeah. But that's for another day. Yeah. And then, uh, and then like a, are... a, get like a big LA on your, on the back of your head. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And then like on my left chest, just a, a grandma or an aunt <laughs> yeah. or something. And then, and then on the right, put like a, um, like a clown, uh, a sad clown <laughs> in black and white. Or like a low rider or something. Yeah. Yeah. That'd be perfect. That'd be perfect. Oh, Shout what a diverse podcast this is. What a diverse podcast. Uh, you ain't going to get this on on Mark Marin. You're not going to get this on uh, on Joe Rogan. They ain't having these conversations. Well, Only one right of a here. kind. Uh, Alex, we, we're so rude. We've been keeping our poor guest waiting for so long. We should probably get to that. Um, our guest here today, he is a good friend of mine. He has a show on YouTube, uh, a, po- a weekly podcast talking everything video games, following the video game industry, consoles, PC gaming, uh, cloud gaming, everything you could possibly want. He's also a Twitch streamer every now and then on LXM Duo, the Twitch channel LXM Duo, and he is half of LXM Duo, the host of Power On Weekly, Irving Lopez, aka Irving Legend is here. What up, Irving? 
What's up, Steve? What up, Alex? What up, podcast? What up, podcast? This is uh, this is fun. I have done I've done Power On Weekly probably like five times, four times, something Mm -hmm. like that. Uh, And it's always a good time to chat video games. And uh, I'm I have been a gamer. Uh, Irving and I met via video games. So we did. Uh, Yeah. So we we have a video game history. And and I wanted to to bring you in on this. Um, You know, I had done your podcast so many times that I was like, oh, well, now I have one you can do, um, <laughs> which is this. So I wanted to, at the top, like, I wanted to ask you this, since you are the, the resident video game guy, uh, is there, I'm going to ask you two questions. Okay. Is there a movie from like the, a video, a movie adaptation of a video game that you like genuinely enjoy? Because oh. they're they're historically bad. Yes. So are there any, or it doesn't even have to be like straight up, like full fledged, go on to do the the exact same, you mm-hmm. know, plot or whatever. But like just like the video game character that has come to the big screen that you actually are like, this is a good movie because it's a hard, it's a hard, it's hard to find. It is. I mean, in general, there are bad video game movies. So for a movie to have a good video game, I think it's also the same thing as well but the only one that really comes to mind is probably spider-man 2 uh spider-man 2 was regarded as a really good spider-man when it came out and it was kind of it was mostly based off of the movie as well but like the web swinging in that game was super good and it really hadn't been done as good as that um up until recently with the new spider-man and uh, spider-man miles morales so it's kind of a cheat you know answer but i think that's that's probably the best that you can find was that the one? I think on, I may um, have. Was that on? Oh, no, uh, hold on, Al. Hold on, Al. I think I. I think I may have asked you the question wrong. Oh. Because I was going to ask you both ways, like video game character to the big screen and okay. big screen character to the to a video oh, game. Whoops, I wanted to ask in both directions. Okay. But either way, like it doesn't matter. I was going to ask you both questions anyway. But like the other way around, because like in my head, like I I know it's not like the greatest movie, like because I'm not an idiot, but like. I thought Sonic was pretty good. Yeah, the Sonic the Hedgehog movie. I thought was pretty good with with um with John Ralphio. What's his name? Uh, <laughs> Jim Schwartz. Ben Schwartz. Yeah. No, Jim Carrey and Ben Schwartz. Yeah. Uh, I thought that was pr- a pretty good, mostly because of their two performances. The writing was pretty bad, but like overall, their performances were good and carried the movie. But uh, I guess the other way. Yeah. So that way, is there anything like? I don't even know. like. I remember there was trying to do like a Halo movie at one point, and that yeah. fell apart. So, yeah, so they, um, I think it was uh, Steven Spielberg, not Steven Spielberg, somebody else. Oh, okay. So they were going to do the Halo movie. But it was, right? It it was. Yes. He was was tied to it somehow. But um, basically, District 9, if you've seen District 9, that is the, uh, that is basically the budget that they had left over when they scrapped the original Halo movie. They did District 9 with that budget. So that's why, Whoa. yeah, it's so not a lot of people know that, but like that District 9 would not have happened if the Halo movie did happen. It only happened because the Halo movie failed or they failed that's to actually crazy. make it. Yeah, uh, which District 10 is actually in the works right now. So if anybody was a fan of District 9, which I highly recommend, uh, definitely keep an eye out for that. But for your your question, though, there really isn't that many good video game adaptation movies i mean they tried assassin's creed they've tried prince of persia they've tried 
Mortal Kombat is coming back. Tomb that, Raider. Yeah, Tomb Raider. They did it twice, you know, one with Angel- Angelina Joan Lee and then uh, the second, I forget her name, but uh, I heard that one was a little bit better. The only movie that I would probably recommend and think that it was actually good was the Sonic movie, like you said. But I also think Detective Pikachu was really good. Being a Pokemon oh, fan right. myself, um, I seeing the the Pokemon like in real life, air quotations, was super, super cool. And uh, I think they did a really good job with that movie, even though that movie is pretty predictable. You can kind of understand. Super but, predictable. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Very but, predictable. I saw that one in theaters. Yeah. Uh, same with Sonic. I've said it before, but the Sonic was the last movie I saw before COVID mm-hmm. hit. Yeah. Uh, so that that holds a special place in my heart for a weird way. But I just I think that movie uh, without Jim Carrey probably doesn't land as hard. That's J- Jim Carrey really reprised himself in that movie and mm-hmm. like returned to form uh, like pre pre Yes Man. Um, like yes. I feel like Yes Man's the turning point in his career. Not that I didn't enjoy Yes Man. Yeah. But like he wasn't Jim Carrey anymore. Uh, but that like just that dancing scene in the Sonic movie is, with Jim Carrey is like, oh, OK, he's back. Very good. Um, Mortal Kombat. Are you like I'm not a Mortal Kombat player. I own the first one for Sega. Yeah. Um, but do you like are you a Mortal Kombat fan? Are you like I don't think you're really a fighting game fan. I, I play a few fighting games, but like I'm not super heavy into that. I like watching fighting games like uh Evo. Evo, I love watching Evo and like especially like Tekken. Some okay. great, great Tekken's fights. Tekken's wild. Yeah, Tekken gets gets wild. But as a Mortal Kombat fan, I've you know I've played a couple of them here and there. I'm not like a diehard fan, but this movie looks really cool. And it comes out in like I think two weeks, I think, on HBO Max. But uh, so it would be right around when this is releasing about a week, couple days away, which is crazy. There you go. There you go. Al, is there any like video? I know you're not the biggest gamer. We've talked about Red Dead Redemption 2 a little bit on this, and that was like your early COVID game. Mm-hmm. Uh, thank God COVID's over, right? Oh, <laughs> man. It's over. It's done. <laughs> it's over. Uh, but Alex, is there any like video game, like movie combinations that you're like, oh, yeah? Um, No, not really. Well, uh, Star Wars, I guess. <laughs> that, that game was well, really Well, Star fun. Wars games... Yes, that, like the Star the Wars question? games. Well, it's it's both ways. Like video games, two two movies, and movie two video game. I know, Irving, yeah. I knew you were gonna say Spider Man too. Like I, I know that was a very beloved yeah game. I like but like Yeah, I, either way, I like being like uh, Chewbacca and like um, I like being um, Yoda. What in, like in those games and like Battlefront? You mean? Yeah, yeah, Battlefront. Like the old like three sixty Battlefront games. Those yeah. were oh, like PS2. Battlefront one and two. That's what I would play on. That was my prime. Was PS two. Oh, but, um, 007. I actually really liked 007. Oh, how could was... we forget 007? Oh, yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. Have you ever tried to go back and play GoldenEye on N sixty four? It Don't is absolute it. garbage. Don't it's it. so hard. It's not hard. Uh, yeah, we. Were yeah, good at I that. think if like <laughs> if you just ported it to the Switch and like fixed the controls and camera. It would be a pretty fun game, but there, the way it is now, it's awful. There was a 360 version that was in the works yes. back in the day. Remaster. And yeah, and they actually got most of it, and uh, it, it leaked online a couple months ago. So yes. it's somewhere on the internet. You can actually play a port of it, which... Yeah, I've yeah. heard not good things. <laughs> I've heard not good things from Dunky on YouTube. <laughs> yeah. That's about it. Um, exciting. Very cool. Crazy Video Taxi games and movies. was another good one. <laughs> Crazy Taxi Driver, today's movie. <laughs> yeah. Good segue. That, that was a segue. Nice. <laughs> that was a segue. I picked that up. I, da- I do love Crazy Taxi, though. I, I, I have that on my... F- oh, I think I deleted it because I wanted space on my phone. But I had it on my phone. Uh, 
It's a good one. Yeah, I used to go. Oh my gosh, here's this will date us. I used to go to an internet cafe in my local hometown to play Taxi Driver and Counter Strike. Wow. Not like global offensive Counter Strike. One point six. Yeah, with my friend John, we would go on like Saturday mornings, not during Little League, and we would play Crazy Taxi and Counter Strike at the local internet cafe, which is now a pizza place. There you go. Shout out to cool. the internet cafe. Yeah, rest in peace. Bring them back. They should bring those back. I think that would be fun. Well, isn't isn't it like just coffee shops that have internet? Like that's kind of it's a cafe. yeah. Well, I mean like, <laughs> but I mean like they're specific gaming spots oh. like that have full hardwired, full high speed re- internet and I like see, all I the see. games, and you just pay for per hour or whatever. Just go to South Korea. They're Wait. still booming over there. Mm. At at GameStop at Reggie. <laughs> Bring it back. Ma- turn GameStops into internet cafes. That's my pitch. It could be the the GameStop. That's where they stop to play games. There you go. GameStop. We are better than the entire <laughs> like <laughs> presiding board of GameStop and our ideas. Yes. And it already s- is more successful. Is GameStop still um going to the moon? Is that are the stocks still uh No, that's still, Elon Musk. Still climbing? Is that <laughs> no, Bitcoin <they're>... NFTs? <laughs> I don't, I don't know at this point. Whatever an NFT is. I still don't really know. Top Anyways, shot. NBA crazy taxi. Top shot. Taxi, crazy driver. Driver. <laughs> taxi driver. Anyway, back to crazy taxi driver. Uh, yeah, let's go ahead and talk about crazy taxi driver. Um, today's movie, Taxi Driver, released on February 9th, 1976. Oh, another great Valentine's movie to go see with your lover. Maybe maybe catch a, a dirty film. A dirty film. <laughs> <laughs> One hour and 54 minutes, rated R, 8.2 out of 10 on IMDb, a 96% on Rotten Tomatoes, directed by Martin Scorsese, written by Paul Schrader. It stars Robert De Niro, Jodie Foster, Seibel Shepard, and others. Here is the IMDb tagline. A mentally unstable veteran works as a nighttime taxi driver in New York City, where the perceived decadence and sleaze fuels his urge for violent action by attempting to liberate a presidential campaign worker and an underage prostitute. Wow. Sounds crazy, and it kind of was. Um, as we always do here on Movies I Should Have Watched, before we get into spoilers and start talking about the movie, we like to give our recommendations here at the top and tell you if you should or should not watch them. A spoiler-free one-sentence uh, review, if you will, and then that way you can pause the podcast and then come back and listen to the whole thing. Spoilers free. So I will ask our guest first, Irving, would you recommend Taxi Driver to someone who has never seen it before? Um. So first off, off I'm not a film critic. I'm just a movie buff. None of us are. Yes. Uh, <laughs> I would say yes and no. Um, mm. So yes, mm. if you are like, if you just want to, if you're a movie buff as well, and you just want to like be up to date with, you know, or not even up to date because it's a super old movie, but just like, <laughs> you know, you want to see the classics, right? You want to see Taxi Driver. You want to see Pretty in Pink. You want to see like uh, Silence of the Lambs. Like definitely check it out. Um, if you're just a casual movie goer, this movie probably isn't for you. Um, and not because it's like some revolutionary crazy thing, but it's just not the most um easygoing movie it's very slow burn it's very uh yeah it's just it's just pretty slow burn so if you're slow burn. yeah if you're into that and uh then definitely give it a watch but uh if you if you're just a casual movie goer I, i'd say you, you could probably skip out on this one 
Alex, would you recommend Taxi Driver to someone who has not seen it before? Uh, no, I wouldn't. I didn't. Just, it was it was good. Like I can appreciate it for its artistic value and stuff like that. So if, yeah, I mean, agreeing with Irving, like it's like if if you want to be an educated film watcher, yeah, this is good. But yeah, I I mean, I'm I'm the average consumer. I feel like when it comes to movies, and like, no, I I don't think I'd watch this movie um, or recommend it to anyone. Wow! Shout out your average consumer on uh, YouTube judner yeah uh that's a thing uh yeah alex i'm kind of <laughs> and irving i'm kind of in the same boat here if you like robert de niro and you are like curious to robert de niro's career path i think this is a movie you definitely should watch if you're oh, like totally hey that's the guy from meet the fuckers uh maybe yeah. <laughs> maybe watch him in a more serious role spoiler from if you're a meet the parents fan uh you do get to see robert de niro's nipples in this uh and so that's a thing. You get to see the ones that he told Ben Stiller to milk, or he asked if he could. So if you're a Meet the Parents or Meet the Fockers verse fan, then maybe Taxi Drivers for you. That's a really good point, uh, Steve. Wow. Thank you. Thanks thank for you. reminding me that he said that in that movie. <laughs> oh, I mean, it's it's iconic. If 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 at anything, uh, just YouTube. Are you talking to me? That's it. That's that's really the thing you're you're waiting to see. And mm-hmm. when it happens, you're like, okay, it's good. I get it. Uh, mm-hmm. But yeah, same same point. It's an artistic film. Like it is very artistic, and you have to pay attention. And um, yeah, if you're if this ain't a date night movie. This is uh, I'm sad <laughs> and alone in my New York City apartment, and I'm going to watch Taxi Driver. Um, spoiler alert for something I'm going to say later. Some behind the scenes stuff in this. Um, but yeah. That's kind of our take, spoiler-free, on Taxi Driver. Um, okay, I think it's time to to do the thing. Let us, Alex, you have a, a perplexed look upon your face. There's sirens okay? and cars screeching outside. I think I need to duck and cover. <laughs> I think I think Robert De Niro's outside. <laughs> oh, no. Uh, okay, let's go ahead and do it. So, oh, Alex, by the way, do you have nope, the sound? I forgot. Okay. <laughs> I forgot about it until now. I forgot about it. Alex was supposed to make us a, uh, a spoiler territory sound, and of course he has not. I forgot. So, so now he has to yeah, do it I live do. right now. <laughs> now, okay. Uh, <laughs> he, he's gearing up. You ready for this? Okay. <laughs> I don't. I don't even know. Okay. Spoiler. <laughs> spoiler territory. Alex. Is that no, good? That's not what it's gonna be. He put his hands over his mouth and couldn't stop. Did laughing. it sound it's a good? Very Alex situation. No, it sounded awful. Uh, anyway, if you do not want Taxi Driver spoiled for you, now is your chance to turn it off right here because we are about to talk about everything that happened slash didn't happen in this movie, Taxi Driver. So this is your last warning. We are officially entering spoiler territory. All right. Do it. Taxi Driver opens with a long opening credits scene. Uh, and then once the movie actually starts, a side note, before we even get into this movie, I have had the <laughs> stuck in my head for the last two hours. Yeah. And it's driving me nuts. That is like the the little the little riff, the little seventies funk riff. Yeah, jazzy. Ugh. It's really jazzy. jazzy. It's like kind of yeah. mellow, right? It's like kind of dark, but 
but kind of yeah. peaceful. I don't know. I don't know how yeah. stuck in my head. So I'm I'm a huge Blade Runner fan. So when I first heard that piece, I was like, oh yeah, this is this is hitting that Blade Runner feels. Mm. But then it just kept playing and kept playing. <laughs> Literally anything movie. he did, uh, it would. It there would were like play. two songs in this movie. It was, and it, it's sad because uh, the the composer. This was his last. Uh, yes. His last thing that he did. So like, I want to appreciate it, but it like the more and more it played, the less I liked it. I, th- I believe I read this on like a review, so don't hold me to this, but I saw that he may have died only a few days after completing this, Oh, uh, which is crazy. I saw yeah. it on YouTube, so who knows if it's actually real. Anyway, okay, so it opens with the long credits and then eventually gets to this job interview, essentially, right? It's a very young Robert De Niro, very young, very skinny. He is like a he's like a lollipop. He's got a big old head. He's still got that same size head that you see. Uh, and meet the parents, <laughs> um, and he is interviewing for this job where he's talking to this guy about getting a taxi driving job. I thought that was a really clever way to like introduce this character to be like, "All right, tell me about who, what's your name, what's this." Was like such a great exposition dump that isn't like in your face exposition dump. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 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 it's straight to the point. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. It reminded me a lot of like Nightcrawler as well. If you guys seen that movie, the, the introduction for yeah, Jake Gyllenhaal. What? Oh, no way! Oh, I worked it. I well, worked also the worked, Yeah, that's true. So yeah, yeah. And it it drove me nuts. I had to turn it off because oh, of how no. realistic it was. <laughs> um, but yes, so uh, Robert De Niro plays Travis Bickle, uh, as he as he is being introduced there. Um, interestingly enough, so Robert. So this is how it's listed on IMDb. Travis Bickle, played by Robert De Space Nero, but on his IMDb, he or in the movie, he is listed as De Niro one word. So it makes it it makes it a point to say in parentheses as Robert De Niro one word on the last name, but he is now Robert De Niro. Interesting. Who cares? <laughs> um, but I thought that was a really cool, like, all right, tell me about your uh, military experience. And, like, he just kind of just rattles off everything that he is, right? And I thought that was a really cool way to do that. Um, Alex, what's, like, your like your Robert De Niro history? Like, do you know him well? Like, I know you saw, like, his most latest Netflix movie. What was that? The yeah, monster movie? Yeah, Irishman. That was a really good one. Irishman. But, um, but, no, I mean, other than Meet the Parents, and I didn't even watch Meet the Fockers. But, yeah, just Irishman. That was just kind of the 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 one that i was like oh yeah this is robert De- like robert de niro is like like yeah yeah I, I feel like he's kind of like a one one trick pony like he's, he kind of plays mm. the same same guy in all of them but I, I don't know i mean then again meet the parents was it was like comedic Comedy. but he's still kind of like that intimidating yes like tough guy you know kind of um, kind of similar to joe pesci in that way Right, like we saw in my cousin Vinny, but also he's good fellows, a uh, good fellas. Yeah, uh, so that that yeah. is possible too. Yeah, Mister Mister Tough um, Guy. I, Irving, I noticed... what's like your? Yeah, go ahead. Oh no, go ahead, Al. Oh well, well, I just noticed that his his facial expressions, like I I could see it in the young Robert De Niro, and he was just kind of like, you know, his little smirk, and that's like mm. totally. I don't know. I mean, it's so unique to him. He has that look, and um, I I I I really like it. Irving, what's like your Robert De Niro vibe? <laughs> um, I think he's a he's very talented. Obviously, he's been in the industry forever. I mean, this is I've never seen him this young. It was it kind of blew my mind. Uh, Meet the Parents, obviously. Meet the Fockers, you've seen. He was also in Silver Linings Playbook, but that was a really minimal role. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, he's he's very talented, and um, 
it, he did kind of fall off the deep end with Meet the Parents, but uh, I've heard good things about Irishman as well, though. So he was born in 1943, so he was like 24, mm. 22, 23, somewhere around there. He's like early 20s, so he is a very young up-and-coming actor, and this is like his, this is his debut. Like, this is world meet Robert De Niro, just I like, like we saw... Jodie Foster, world, meet Jodie Foster in Silence of the Lambs, who is also in this movie, by the way. Uh, but yeah, that is kind of like the same thing, like the big debut, um, where they are the main character for the first time in a big budget movie, doing big things. Uh, but yeah, I thought he was, yeah, it was a good start to, to the movie. And like right away, I didn't, I didn't feel like, oh my gosh, exposition dump with a voiceover. But there was voiceovers in this, but it didn't feel in your face. Like it was well done and worked for me. Um, I noticed right so, away that like, you were able to tell that this guy is like he's he's lonely like he's he's looking for for some sort of truth like he's willing to take these jobs that are like 12 hour shifts he's like oh i just need an overnight job you know i just i just need to work like i i don't need to rest that much and so like it kind of jumps into it right he's like just he's driving he's driving he's driving through the city and that's kind of the the feel of it right i mean yeah, right away. I'm He's just like, I'm on the job and this is what I do. Sorry, I had to close my window. There's literally like the dump truck is outside. <laughs> um, hopefully that didn't get picked up. Anyway, now that I've said that. Um, so, yeah, he ends up like stalking this girl. Yeah. <laughs> like, straight up just stalking this girl, right? Uh, who's named Betsy, right? Isn't it Betsy? Betsy, yeah. Uh, Betsy. Um, played by she... uh, Sybil Shepard, a.k.a. Brie Larson. Did anyone else think that? This girl looks straight up like Brie Larson. <laughs> she kind of does. No, straight up. Like, look at, like, side by side. It's, it's, it's actually, I could not unsee it once yeah. I saw it. Sorry. Sybil Shepard, pretty, pretty big actor um, that I have definitely heard before, seen before. Um, none of these movies are ringing a bell or TV shows ringing a bell here at the beginning. But yeah, Sybil Shepard plays Betsy, who turns into the love interest. Um, and she works for a presidential campaign, right, for uh, Palantine, Palantine, Senator Palantine in New York. Um, and as as he drives by, he sees her in the window. Or no, he sees her on the street first, right? And he's like, she was the most beautiful thing I ever saw. She was wearing a white dress. She was like an angel or whatever, right? He yeah. sees this girl. Very 70s haircut. A lot of this movie's very seventies. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, lots of seventies going on, um, and she she is definitely part of that. Has the flipped out like um, Jimmy Neutron's mom hair, right? <laughs> yeah, like the Farrah Fawcett kind of hairstyle. Mm-hmm. Their Farrah Fawcett. Yep, that's exactly what I was thinking. And so does Jodie Foster. Has that same type of hair in this movie. Um, so it is very much seventies movie, uh, but it's cool. It works. I'm 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 down for the ride with that. Uh, I'm not like oh. Um, but yeah, he ends up like meeting this girl and 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 or seeing this girl, and then before she, he ends up like going to talk to her, I thought this was super weird, and it does turn into a big point of the movie. But like the dirty movie theater, can we talk about the dirty movies theater? Yeah, yeah. He um. So uh, not only is he a lonely ins- guy, but yeah, he he who drives and works all night and all day. But yeah, he goes to these adult theaters. And were these a thing in the seventies? I didn't know that they, these were like. Yeah. I thought that you get your own little private, you know, cubicle or yeah. something. But it's an actual theater that you pay like a dime for, and you go in <laughs> and you watch these rated 
rated X movies. <laughs> like, what are they? Yeah, you go. It, this is this is the original OnlyFans. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> this, is, this oh, is where yeah. it all started. <laughs> and it's it's weird it's too because cr- you just get popcorn. Like the guy who's like, oh, can I get some popcorn <laughs> and a Coke or, or RC Cola? And uh, yeah, and, and then ask just... for a Coca Cola. They don't have it. <laughs> and then yeah, it's like this like poor girl at the concession stand. Who's like getting hit on? He's like, What's your name? What's your name? Which does come back later. I now realize it just hit my brain that he like when he Jody's Foster at the end of the movie. He's like, oh. "What's your name? What's your name?" Um, but yeah, he does that and like hits on her. And he's just like, "Come on, man!" Like she's just like so not having mm-hmm. it. She's like, "Just buy your freaking popcorn." Like I'm getting paid three dollars an hour. Just go watch this gross movie with all these gross guys. Like this seems like the most disgusting thing to go do, Irving. I don't. I'm not gonna ask you. Would you go do this? But like. What were your like initial thoughts when you saw him walk into this theater? So I know that these theaters were around. Like I knew that they're. It didn't ca- catch me off surprise where where he did go to it, and especially like you were saying, Alex. Like he's he's just a lonely guy. What else does he got to do? He works at nights and he can't sleep, so it didn't surprise me. Um, but I mean, yeah, it it was during that time, and you could I could find a place like that, and yeah, yeah. It seems like such a private thing to do in such a public place. Not back then, so man. Just like, there were no, it's just I the know. Wild West. <laughs> it's crazy. Yeah. Uh, seeing, like, uh, seeing the setting the setting of, you know, New York in the 70s, I don't know. I mean, whenever I think of the 70s, I think of, like, you know, the gold, like, Studio 65 or whatever the studio was and, like, Soul Train where everyone's just kind of dancing and having fun. And, yeah. like, I mean, I don't know, like... I watched Austin Powers and, and and all of his parties and stuff. It looked really fun. <laughs> and that was all real. But this, but yeah, and it, it kind of romanticized the 70s, right? But this movie, it was super mm-hmm. dark. It was super like dirty, it seemed like. I mean, there's like people walking around. The fashion was really cool, obviously authentic. But mm-hmm. Um, you just kind of got a sense of like, oh, New York in the 70s. It's like, it's gross. Like, I would hate Grimy. to live here. Like, this just seems yeah. like... I mean, some of the, like, again, like when they were talking in the little um, cafe, like all the taxi drivers are like, hey, like, oh, you got a gun or, or, you know, whatever. Yeah. And then those dudes are looking at him. Those like, those like super, they're like dressed in these suits and they're just staring at him. Did you guys catch that? Yeah. So some of just, I mean, the fashion just was like super colorful, but, but all in all, it was like kind of a dark, like. Yeah. I mean, like setting. Like you said, it's like that time era was very romanticized with that. So like to seeing this, it's just like more of a, of a gritty, grounded look on it. And I yeah. guess that's obviously what the film was going for. Totally. Uh, especially especially with this tone and everything. So I think it hit it right. Like it, it did a really good job of portraying that. Because, um, yeah, it just felt really gross and uneasy. So, again, him walking into an adult theater and uh, trying to take a I'm getting ahead of myself, but trying to take a girl on a date there. It's it's yeah, it fits right in with this movie. So. Well, let's get to that that first date or like that first initial talk, right? He goes and he finally like he gets run off a couple like one time, right? Where they're like, this guy needs to get out of here. He's staring into this uh, when he's like stalking Betsy. Uh, but then he eventually goes in to talk to her and she's talking to like this uh, big frode kid who's like a total <laughs> jerk and doesn't want to play. Like she's trying to be playful and like he won't play around or whatever. He's like, I'm working. I'm working on this campaign, whatever. He's like total, total narc, total loser. Well, also because he's like being that. creepy, though. Robert De Niro, like his approach is like really creepy no no no. i'm saying i'm saying betsy's co-worker the yeah, co-worker the who's bro. she's like playing mm. around with at work like she's trying to like be light with and he's like typing away on his little typewriter oh okay okay made okay. me make a mistake and like all that yeah that's right that guy right. but yeah so that's when robert de niro comes in like breaks that up and he's just like hey i come here to volunteer 
And then he was like, oh, yeah, come come this way. I'll help you get settled. He's like, no, I want to volunteer with her, which like, yeah. I hated that right away. Creepo. Um, but then he starts hitting on her and he's like, you're the most beautiful woman I've ever seen, which like, don't say that. That's not how things work. Um, but yeah, it was very interesting to be like, not interesting, but it was just like it was a. It was uneasy from the get-go, like, for yeah. me. Like, I'm watching, and, like, this girl's clearly uncomfortable and doesn't really want to go on a date with this guy, but he keeps insisting, which, don't take this as inspiration. <laughs> it's not no. a good thing to do that. Yeah. Don't, don't hey, take uh, notes from Travis. <laughs> yeah. I think that whole, like, uh, that whole conversation and just, like, that whole feeling, it, it was at the time, like, during that time, like, back in, like, the 70s and stuff, it was just kind of normal. But, like, to see it now and nowadays, it just, it did feel gross and it did feel kind of, like, out of place and it didn't really age well. Because I feel like this whole movie is almost romanticizing that type of, like, uh, act, like, that that type of... Women owe me type thing. Yeah, that that kind of a thing. And even, like, towards the end, I felt like that was, it It didn't go all the way there where it's like, look, even even a scumbag can get the girl and everything. But, like, yeah. it, it almost did romanticize it to that point. Yeah, so it, it made me uncomfortable that way. Just But, but again, that was, that was back then, so, and I'm, you know, yeah. comparing it to, like, nowadays. True. Um, but they do end up, like, she does agree to go on a coffee date with him, like, at four or whatever. And throughout all this, he's doing his little voiceover. He's writing in his diary or whatever. And, like, he hears, like, I guess she agreed to go to get coffee with me. It's, <laughs> the whole time. You did that really well, uh, by the way. Thank you. Yeah. I do a pretty decent trumpet. <laughs> um, <laughs> but... Um, yeah, so then they end up going on a on that date, and okay, this is the there, there are a few moments in this movie. I don't know if you guys caught this. Food is very strange in this movie. <laughs> she is eating grapes with a spoon mm-hmm. out of a bowl. What? Yeah. Very weird. Yeah. I don't know if this was too like in the weeds for Martin Scorsese, like trying to be too artistic. But later on in the movie too, I'm just because there's no real point to really talk about this, but we'll just talk about it now. Later on in the movie. Robert De Niro's watching TV and I don't know what he's eating but it looks like he's has a bowl of ripped up pieces of sliced white bread he pours liquor on it sugar and milk and is eating it with a spoon yeah what yeah. the heck was that <laughs> and then even later Jodie Foster is eating two pieces of toast with <laughs> jam and sugar on top what the hell are these people eating I don't it's- know because Go ahead. Sorry. Uh, well, because I also noticed when Jodie Foster was eating that grape thing with the food, she or whatever it was, it was like porridge. I don't know, but um, she well, like brought the, it up. Uh, Betsy, Betsy. No, oh, Betsy. I'm sorry. Foster. Yeah, no, I'm sorry. Yeah, Betsy. She sure, brought it sure. to her mouth and like she didn't. She like like almost ate it, but then put it back. And I don't know if it's just because like <laughs> like you know like in the you don't want to eat on. Set, yeah, yeah, exactly. But like it, it would just looked weird, and I was like, oh. That's and, and and that was the only that that really made me notice what was what she was eating. I was like, yeah, oh. I wasn't paying attention first. Yeah, at first, and until she did that, and I was like, wait, is that a, a grape? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just eat oatmeal or something. Like, why not just have it as oatmeal? I don't know. Maybe it was Al, a seventy. Like, did you notice that? What's mm-hmm. that? What did you say? Did you notice any of that, or like, or am I pointing it out to you? No, I. Oh, hold on. <laughs> Stop. Alexa, stop. It's like talking to me. Um no, I noticed that um 
the weird bread liquor um mm-hmm. meal <laughs> yeah. sugar conjunction i just kind of figured that it was like um like budget <laughs> like new york everyone's poor and doesn't have money yeah. i just figured that's kind of what it was <laughs> but did you notice jody foster putting sugar on the toast later though yeah i did i noticed that too and i like dude you guys are weird i don't i don't get this <laughs> i don't i don't get this um, but anyways, yeah. we digress because um, it it develops into the he, he meets Jodie Foster for the first time, right? Like she she runs into the cab and he's like it's like drive drive or something like that. But then the yeah then the her her pimp or whatever dra- yeah. like throws her out throws her out of the car and like that was like their first yeah it's a whole thing. interaction. Or well, this is a part of like all the now we're just like after the date right the first date and they agree to go on a second date right They're okay like, yeah we'll yes, go on yes. a second date some other time. But yeah, a- after that first date. We start getting like this. Is just Robert De Niro goes back to work, and he's he's the taxi driver. He's the titular taxi driver. Um, and this is when we see this guy get in his car, and he drives his place. And it's like this, like very tense, like talk, right? Like, don't turn that. I didn't tell you to turn off the the fare, or you know this whole thing. And then this guy is later revealed that he's like, he's look, he's like, do you see that woman up there in the second floor? The you know, that's my wife. That's not my apartment. And he's like, you know who lives there? And then this is when we get an N-bomb. Yeah. Um, fair, and I think twice he says it. It's He definitely says it once, but it's jarring. Like, where, when he said it, he's like, a N-word lives there. And I was like, ooh, ooh, man, that stung. Like, that yeah. really hit. Yeah, uh, there's a lot of, like, tense, dark topics here. It's like, mm-hmm. it's, yes. Uh, again, going back to what we were talking about, how the 70s was romanticized, this is the much darker side of it. You know, people were, you know, you had um, honorably discharged veterans that are can't sleep. Mm-hmm. And so they work all, all, all night. They like take drugs, you know, whatever. There's, there's prostitutes walking around. There's like, you know, racism, obviously. Casual racism. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just, you know, who lives there? Like, and it's just no one's saying anything about it. Yeah. And and then even after I want to talk I want to bring back to this point but even after that the very next scene I believe is when they're back in that cafe talking right and then they start talking about uh, little people but calling them midgets mm-hmm. right they's calling like oh midgets funny or whatever and then they drop the f bomb yeah. a couple times uh the the gay slur so like there are like in a span of like 8 minutes there are just like not holding up it's not there's a lot of bad stuff yeah. yeah i did i did find it interesting though that they even though they were doing all that they they even said like specifically with the two gay men it's like oh they're bring taking them to california or whatever like oh they're more yeah. they're more progressive over there and like at least yeah. like it was like oh okay so you're you're not being but it was like that I mean, there is like this like I, we grew up in the 90s, right? So, like, there was, like, that gay panic thing, like, of, like, the 90s and 2000s, right? Of just, like, hey, man, whatever you want to do is cool. Just, like, just don't do it in front of me, all right? Just don't do it in front of me. Like, everyone, like, had that crappy mentality yeah. of just, like, yeah, people, like, that, like, weird transition between, like, being okay with it and not being okay with it of people just being, like, hey, man, what, it's free country. You do whatever you want behind closed doors. But the second I see you, you better not be doing that around me. Like, that macho. yeah toxic thing um but i did want to talk about this like he gets like he the taxi driver the titular taxi driver um which that those lines are uttered in this movie they do say the words taxi driver roll credits uh (laughs) but uh they uh like i have i am a former like uber and lyft driver i haven't driven since like 
March 13th, 2020. I wonder why. Um, I wonder why. Uh, but there is like, weirdly enough, I picked up a stripper that night <laughs> in Anaheim, a, a, a employee of a strip club, um, which is kind of in the same world. But the, uh, just like the nightmare stories that all like rideshare drivers and taxi drivers have, like, I think this may be like the biggest nightmare of a guy getting in explaining he's about to murder his wife's like boyfriend <laughs> is yeah. a total scare. Yeah, that's dark. Yeah. Does, does this transition now to the part um, where the the traveling salesman shows up with all of the with all of the yeah. guns? All the guns. Yeah. So he this. Oh, well, no, no. He goes to the second date first. Yeah. Now it's time for the second date, and this is okay. where things break. This is where it breaks his brain. Right. He takes uh, Betsy to his dirty movie spot, uh, which. Bro, what are you like? What are you doing, my guy? Like, I don't care how much PTSD you got. You gotta know this isn't okay. Like, for a second date, maybe like an eighth date, maybe, like maybe kiss her first. Yeah, <laughs> mm. try that. Uh, but they go to this movie, and he's and she's right away like has reservations, right? And she's like, oh, I don't know about this. And he's like, No, no, this wasn't one of the bad ones. I promise. Like, it's not that bad. And it is. Like, they're. There's a lot of graphic stuff on the screen, and she bails. She straight up dips. Like, good for her uh, for yeah. walking out on this date with this creepy guy. She just mm -hmm. straight up leaves, and he, like, chases after her, and is like, I'm sorry, I didn't know that you weren't cool with this kind of thing. I can't even put myself in this mindset. Yeah. It was difficult to try to wrap your head around that. Um, at least he took her to a nicer movie theater and not the one where <laughs> it's, like, three it's rows. Super sleazy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh crazy do you al if you it's like uh, i'm trying to think what what's a <laughs> anything i was just trying to say what's a good alternative to this for a second date i could think about just about anything is a better like what's the best second date like a a movie a normal movie like um, a normal movie is a pretty good second date i mean i don't know go to i don't do so i don't know dude just don't yeah anywhere but here go to a dinner go go go, go like yeah dinner's good <laughs> Uh, especially you're in New York, go get like a good pizza or good Italian dinner. You're in New York city. Go get a good Italian dinner. Yeah. Go get some like Jamaican or, uh, some like Dominican food. Mm -hmm. Uh, I know it's the seventies, so maybe that's not cool for white people, but like there's so much food there. Go to get food, go to a show, go to a, a go to a game, a go walk to a in Yankees the park. Game. I don't know. Like... Go to a Mets game, go to a, a Rangers game. Yeah. Go, yeah, go walk in Central Park. <laughs> go anywhere but this place. Um that's all I have to say. <laughs> and rant. That's all. And rant. Yeah, this is just a bad date. And she should have left, and that was the right choice to leave in this situation. She never should have gone on the first date. He was creepy from the beginning. Mm -hmm. Um, but she felt threatened, I could tell. Um, but yes, Alex, to your point, this is where, like, okay, now it's time to buy the guns. Um, yeah, because he cause, he freaks out because wizard he like wizard kind of he puts it in his head is like oh you should get a gun or whatever yeah well he starts losing his mind right he like can't handle this bad situation like he's already like falling in love with this girl or whatever he already love at first sight right and he's starting to lose it so he starts like working out he starts doing fifty push ups every morning he starts getting on a routine he starts eating bread with liquor sugar and milk while he's watching TV yeah. 
Uh, he's doing pull-ups. We get to see a, a working out shirtless Robert De Niro at 22 years old. Mm-hmm. Crazy. Um, but yeah, this is where he meets up with this guy to get a gun. And he ends up buying four, right? It's like uh, the the snub nose, the Colt. The Colt uh, he buys a couple. He buys four it's of like them. It's like the Magnum 357. Yes, like the really Magnum long, 357. The long mm-hmm. one, and then he gets the... Uh, yeah, the the one. Well, that- isn't that the gun? That the three fifty seven isn't the gun. That's the gun that the guy wanted to use in the car, like on the in the taxi ride to, with his wife or whatever. He's like, you ever see what this does to a face, like a woman's face? Oh my like, gosh, that kind of thing. No, I think I it's the three fifty seven. Yeah, but yeah. I, there's a lot of talks about a Magnum three fifty seven. It's like that really big yeah. one, right? Yes, that's mm-hmm. long, the long barrel. But um, he gets them all. He gets all of them. He gets a knife. He starts to make that with a holster, a forty dollar holster. Yeah, and then the guy op- starts offering him all these drugs and stuff. And yeah, he's like, no, like I don't, I don't do that. And he just like walks out. But this is where it gets cool, right? This is where this is it. It leads to the scene, right? There are a couple scenes here and there, but like we need to talk about the scene, the scene that everybody knows, and um, this is something I have seen before. Like I have seen this scene, my dad. I know liked this movie likes he's not gone. Uh, he, he likes this movie. And he, I, this is where my familiarity with the movie started and ended. What did you guys knew that you're talking to me? Yeah. Right. Yeah. 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 I, I saw it in the uh, WrestleMania 23 parody um, where all the, all the wrestlers mocked this scene. Uh-huh. So yeah, yeah like all boys of a certain age. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, yeah. It's, it, he, they remember Alex. I remember like when we previewed the the this movie at the end of our last episode. I was like, he has a really cool weapon. I know he has like a cool weapon. He takes, and this is where like this is where this happens. He takes apart his old drawer and takes the slide. Right. I I had remembered it as a a knife, but he types the the knife to his boot. Um. But he has the gun in. I think it's his right arm, that is on a sliding track drawer, thingy like the track and it slides out to his hand, which is the coolest thing you could ever Jerry rig yourself. Yeah. It's like, and you can just like, <laughs> you can just slip it to his hand. Like, yeah. oh, because the yeah. idea is that he can draw the pistol faster than, than anybody else. Anybody now. can grab it from a pocket or from a holster, right? Yeah. Cause it's in his sleeve at all times. It's like up on his forearm. Irving, what was like, did you, like, you knew this scene, but did you know that gun? No, I didn't know that, that gun, but when, when he was starting to do it and I saw him like start putting it together, I, I kind of pieced together what was, what was happening. And I was like, that's actually pretty brilliant and like pretty cool. And especially when he started, you know, practicing with it, like whipping out and stuff, like it's not the most practical thing. It might get, you know, caught in your jacket, your sleeve or something. But when, <laughs> as he was doing it, it, it looked really cool. So it, it did catch you all surprised it. It was basically the uh, Assassin's Creed hidden blade, but with a gun. <laughs> oh, okay. There you go to bring me back to video games. Yeah. But yeah, this is when he starts looking in the mirror. And like we've all looked in the mirror and talked or smiled or made a face or something. Like we've all done that. Uh, we've all done the Cyberpunk 2077 thing where we just make a bunch of faces uh, into a mirror that you have to turn on. Jesus, CD Projekt Red is a nightmare of a game. Oh. Uh, but the, uh, the way, yeah, this is the are you talking to me scene. And. It's great. Like, even though I knew this was coming, it's very much like the end of Thelma and Louise. We know it's coming. But even though we know that and it happens, it lands. Alex, what was your, like, how did you perceive the, are you talking to me scene? Yeah, I was like, oh, that's me in the mirror. I do that all the time. (laughs) I'm the only one here. 
You talking to me? Yeah. Big tough well, I'm guy. The only one. Yeah. He's practicing his script, right? For like when he has to like, you know, yeah. step up Kill for himself. Someone. Yeah. Yeah. Like I'm sure this. Uh, Sorry, I'm sure this has been done before, uh, maybe before this movie, but I felt like every movie that has ever done a scene like that where like unhinged person talks to themselves in the mirror or like psyching themselves up is is because of this film. Like it's because it was it was done so well of this madman going insane, basically, and trying to psych himself up and trying sure. to play like scenarios happening and in, in, that are going to happen in the future, quote unquote, you know? Yeah. But uh, yeah. I find it interesting to see sort of like the original form of what many, many films have done later on. Yeah, like the quick cuts, sure. right? It was like, it was like he'd, he'd yeah. look and then would cut to Jump another cuts, one. Yeah. And it, it, yeah, mm. it definitely played onto his kind of like mental capacity there. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You get into his own brain. Yeah, I mean, this is the scene that's been spoofed a thousand times. Mm-hmm. It's in like, it's it's probably in some Mel Brooks movie. It's probably it's in Family Guy. It's in like Robot Chicken. I'm sure. Like it's in every spoof ever, um, and every I think everybody knows this one, or at least is semi familiar with this one. And I think it still lands. I think it's still really cool. You start to see like you start to really learn about this guy. Like you start to really learn like okay, everything I'm suspecting of this man is true. He's a little crazy. He's losing his mind. And but it's cool. It's super cool. And for being such a young actor, I think Robert De Niro, right? There's a reason why this is becomes such a legendary status scene. Is because it's good. Yeah. Right. Yeah, it's good. That's why it's spoofed so many times. It's a good debut. Um but then he ends up killing somebody, right? With not the cool pea shooter gun. That's tapped, uh, strapped to his wrist, but he kills him with a black gun, right? Like he kills the, the with a pistol. He kills, uh, which we like to talk about minority factor of the of movies a lot. Two Mexicans and a Filipino in this podcast, by the way, today. <laughs> Shout out! But there, uh, I don't, there are some black characters in this movie. Um, but many of them are portrayed negatively. So like the guy holding up the convenience store, of course, that's the like one black guy that has lines in this movie. Mm-hmm. Um, one of like four, like the the kids and like the the girls like walking down the street at one point. There's like those are black characters. But I mean, it is the 70s. So we take that for what it's worth. And yes, it's bad. And we know all that. Um, but yes, he ends up shooting that guy. Right. Like he just and he has like a cool little line, a very short line. He just like goes. Hey, <laughs> then shoots him <laughs> in the uh, face and kind of freaks out. Yeah. yeah. Caught him, caught him good, but he kind of freaks out. Right. Like he's like, Oh my God, what am I going to do? And like, I think that was kind of cool to throw that in there to be like, Oh, he's kind of normal. Like he still has a normal brain a little mm-hmm. bit to be like, if you shot somebody, you'd also react the same way. Like, Oh my God, what, what do I do? What, what have I just done? Yeah. I want to know what happens that, that, that storyline. What happens? With, yeah, like, docs. how do you, how do you know? But like, how do you, explain that as the guy who owns the shop like yeah like i killed him well, he started killed beating him. the crap of the, oh he did he yeah beating the crap out of the body with a crowbar even worse <laughs> like that guy's going to jail like yeah yeah the 70s that was wild <laughs> yeah they do they do just totally abandon that storyline which is kind of strange but i know like you couldn't keep it's know. not important i felt like there yeah. should have been something there yeah it was yeah just... they kind of just abandon it yeah um, but yeah, so then he ends up getting out and then this is where he meets up with Jodie Foster and this is where Jodie Foster comes in, which this is the first little bit of behind the scenes stuff. Jodie Foster was freaking 12 she was years 12. old. Yeah. I read that which too. Which is so 
crazy and there is like some controversy surrounding it i'll get into it a little bit later there's some controversies Mm -hmm. with this movie and this is part of it um and like how they worked around her i guess i should just get into that now now that she's really a part of it um this is from the taxi driver wiki um i'll just read it verbatim some critics showed concern over 12 year old foster's presence during the climactic shootout which is later um but that she was present during this uh, she was present during the setup and staging and like they tell her everything was going to be um they gave her uh psychological testing uh at ucla or like with a ucla psychiatrist uh, to ensure that she would not be emotionally scarred by her role in accordance with California Labor Board requirements monitoring children's welfare on film sets, which that's crazy. Yeah, that is. Um, additional concerns surrounding Foster's age focus on the role she played as Iris, a prostitute. Years later, she confessed how uncomfortable the treatment of her character was on set. Scorsese did not know how to approach different scenes with the actress. The director relied on Robert De Niro to li- deliver his directions to the young actress. Foster often expressed how De Niro in that moment became a mentor to her, stating that her acting career was highly influenced by the actor's advice during the filming of this movie which is like i mean it makes sense she is 12 and looks young and like we know her from silence of lambs now but at this point she's unknown right but i think she really hit the nail on the head this with this move with this role she does a really good job of it um and you can tell how much of a, a great career she's about to have i think it's so crazy though she's 12 years old and like playing like a 13 or 14 year old yeah well, no, 12 and a half in the movie. That's what, um, yeah, that's what oh, the, that the, what's the, um, what's, the, well, like the newspaper clippings or something at the end? No, no the, her, her pimp, basically. What was his name? Oh, he's oh. a big actor, too. Uh, I don't remember his name. Oh, shoot. Yeah, he's you a big actor. Hold on. We gotta, we gotta, <laughs> but he ends up, so he ends up like buying, like, buying 15 minutes with her all right and then and they go up and he starts talking to her. he's like i want to save you i want to save you and this is where like that man damsel in distress i need to save the woman thing comes into play which is like the toxic man mantra macho man thing mm-hmm. is prevalent throughout this whole movie um i don't know if that was intentional or not or if it was just of the time but uh, yeah to- i think it totally was intentional yeah his character he like oh, wants really? to save i feel like he wants to save, save the world yeah yeah, he wants to. Yeah, he wants to save, and I, he wants to save Iris. Like at at the end of it too. Yeah, yeah, he wants to save Iris. He wanted to save Betsy, or want to be a part of Betsy's stuff, whatever. Um, but <laughs> in this little diner scene that where they go get uh lunch after, um, that was like she is wearing this crazy outfit, right? Very seventies fit. She has this green shirt on, I think it has like flowers on it or something, but, or it's red shirt. It's red shirt. And she has these green glasses, like these plastic green sunglasses are freaking hilarious. And then later after she eats her weird toast sandwich with sugar and jam, she takes the glasses off later and then puts on a new pair of blue glasses. <laughs> like how many glasses does this woman have on her? <laughs> it's like, where did that, where did all these glasses come from? <laughs> But a fit, a true fit, a true 70s mm-hmm. fit. I thought it was pretty funny. Yeah, it was um, good. But this is where he's like, he keeps saying that he has something to do, right? At this point, he's like, I work for the government. He's written a letter to his parents at this point where he's like, uh, I'm dating this new girl, Betsy. And it's like, Oof, no, you're not, bro. You are very much not dating this girl. She is gone. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're still stalking her, though. And... Um, yeah, and he's just like, I have this very important job I have to do. And he's talking about this, and you're like, what is he going to do, right? And he ends up showing at Palantine's rally. This is after he actually gave a ride to Palantine, which was pretty – that was a fun little scene too. Yeah. Uh, 
but he shows up and this is I think this is super cool and I I knew Robert De Niro looking like this but I had forgotten about it where they do the pan over pan over and then it's just neck down you see the the like his his green jacket that he always wears and the jeans and the boots like the cowboy boots and then they tilt up tilt up tilt up and he has the mohawk and that was such a cool reveal. I really liked that. Al, what was like? What What did you What did you feel in that moment when the Mohawk scene came? Yeah, I was like, oh shoot, he's about to like he's about to kill somebody right here. Uh-huh. This is tough. I, I I read that um, Vietnam soldiers had done they they shaved you know half their heads for the Mohawk um when they were like about to do something some like a like a crazy like war hmm. like battle or something like that. Oh. That's cool. So I mean, Irving, what was your that follows with his with his Vietnam War veteran, you know, history? Yeah, yeah. What was your reaction, Irving? So I mean, this movie's old, so you've you've everyone has seen that, you know, like him with the mohawk when they associate that with Taxi Driver. But I think it was a cool reveal of how they did it, and just kind of see that transformation of like, okay, this guy's he's gonna like Alex just said, he's gonna do something crazy. Um, uh. <laughs> I'm I'm not gonna lie though I've I've watched Glee like the the TV show Glee and uh, there's a character in their name Puck that has that exact same mohawk so oh all I God. saw was Puck so <laughs> that's funny that's very funny I did like though that uh, like it's kind of messed up right yeah. like he it's very clearly that he did it himself yeah so the line's not super straight like it's not a clean mohawk and mm-hmm. I thought that was pretty that was a nice little touch that it was like okay he did it himself you can tell he did it he didn't go to a barber and do it like he cut it himself yeah um. But he has like this. Robert De Niro is such a good little smirk, right? Like his little smirk as he's watching thing, and like even when he was giving Palantine the ride in the taxi, like he even has that kind of like, "You're Palantine, right?" And he just kind of has this like kind of menacing smile. Uh, yeah, Alex just did it for obviously for audio listeners, but yes, that was a good good rendition. Al. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was really it was really uncomfortable. Like anytime he did it, because he did it a lot during the film, like uh, especially when he was standing next to that Secret Service guy like yeah that whole scene that made me like really uncomfortable like dude like why are you being such a creep and i'm like yeah he yeah. gave the fake name right mm-hmm. he's like henry something is his name and he says he lives in new jersey yeah uh yeah just these little character building moments like this whole movie is just character driven right like there's not mm-hmm. tr- too much of a plot really that they're following it's just kind of we're following this madman and like i think at this point once he's like showing up or once he starts talking about like he has an important like job to do for the government um you like I, my mind started going like, all right, what's this guy gonna do? Like, I'm starting to get worried. Like, did you guys have any early theories on what his plan was? I didn't have an early theory. I just kind of was there for the ride. But I yeah, I could tell. I was like, oh shoot, he's about to kill somebody. Like he's gonna like, I like I I think he's probably gonna, oh he's gonna kill this Palantine guy because he's clearly. Yeah, I thought he was gonna kill her, dude. Oh, kill mm. Betsy. I thought he was gonna kill Betsy or kill her coworker or kill all three of them. Yeah, it was a kind of like obviously he was there to hurt somebody. Um, I think for me, the the what it was leading to was Palantine, but it the movie didn't really make it clear as to like why. Like, yeah, he's unhinged yeah. and everything, but like he technically didn't the motive, do anything. Yeah. Like, there wasn't really like such a clear motive, and it would have made more sense if he killed either Betsy or the other guy. But at the same yeah. time, we're so far in the movie that like I felt like that whole arc was kind of done so for him to just randomly just show up and be like i'm gonna kill palantine it, it just felt a yeah. little odd because i thought we were already done with that kind of story 
that she just blew him off and he just got crazy and then now we're with jodie foster's character and though yeah. it felt it did I thought feel it, a it, odd. it may have made more sense if they had been like oh she was using palantine as an excuse to not be with him or something then yeah. he would have had a motive right it would have been like if he had kept calling she's like i have to work i have to work i can't hang out i have to work then like he would have been like if i kill him there's no more work then that might have been a more like clean storyline well, i think that was or- the idea right it's like he he wants to liberate betsy because she's working this job all the time and like mm-hmm. wasn't he saying like wasn't he questioning he's like oh that's like you want to do that like when they were eating like breakfast or something like i yeah. feel like he was like asking her like wait you, are you happy working that job or whatever and i, I yeah i, I want to say that she they, they were talking about that and so and so yeah i think we're, you're right steve in the sense that like she is kind of spending her time with work and in the head of you know a crazy robert de niro i'm i'm sure he was thinking oh if i you know kill palantine or whatever then she'll be able to have time for me yeah so i think that was i think that was the idea irving you were gonna say something i think it uh you know this is just spitballing here but like uh to make it more both stories more like a line i think it would have been cooler it would have been a cool idea if they somehow connected together like let's say palantine is a corrupt guy who's like in the prostitution business or whatever or he's he's like you know messed around with jodie foxer's character or something like that so after meeting her crazy then it leads more of a motivation as to like why he would want to kill him as opposed to just being like, Oh, he's just crazy, man. He wants to kill somebody because he's crazy. Ooh, it would have yeah, been rewrite. Uh, I got to rewrite <laughs> the Irving cut, <laughs> the Irving cut, release the Irving cut. That's a good idea, dude. I actually really like that. That would have been a crazy, like that probably would be maybe like the way we uh, uh, watch films now. That yeah. Would be like kind of the cinematic yeah. idea there just like okay this guy's got to be really bad behind the scenes like the corrupt politician line that could have really worked here it goes um, deeper than we thought yeah. yeah yeah so then but so he pulls out the gun right and the secret service guy sees him and then he takes off mm-hmm. right they go after him they take off and then the secret service guy totally trips like i think that was on purpose but like yeah. it, it was like i was like come on guy let's go get this guy um and he gets away but then he leads him to like a foiled assassination attempt Mm -hmm. but then he ends up going to what is the final the final hurrah and he goes to see jodie foster again uh and and i loved he goes up to like her pimp or whatever at the front door alex did you ever get his name yeah harvey uh harvey kettle he was in reservoir dogs pulp fiction um grand budapest hotel what's what's, i meant what's his character Mm -hmm. name oh um Nope, didn't get that. Uh, let me see. Okay, great. You're doing really good. Uh, it's, it's I got his real name. Matthew Higgins. Uh, they call him Sport. Oh, Sport. Yeah, Sport. Yeah. Sport. That's what it is. Sport. Um, but yeah, so then he ends up. I love that line where he goes talking to him or whatever, and he's like, whatever. It's like a, a contentious conversation, and then he pulls out the gun and goes, "Suck on this," and <laughs> pops him. Yeah, I thought that was such a cool shooting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, knocks uh, him out, but doesn't kill yeah, him. And he like opens no. the door. Yeah. No, it like opens the door, right? He like falls back and opens the door. Um, and then this is when it all starts going down and he comes in and this is when it gets pretty gory. Uh, he, he pulls out the, he uses all four guns, mm-hmm. right? He pulls out the second gun, which is the three four three forty seven, And he shoots off like the secretary guy, his the hands. guy who takes the money, shoots off his hand. His hand just explodes. That was crazy. Yeah, he's holding up a and he's like a, a shaka. The rest of the time, shaka. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but 
but he's just like, I'm going to kill you. I'm going to kill you. I'm going to kill you. It's just like, that's all he's doing. I don't know why Robert Niro just didn't pop that guy again. Like he's like grabbing him and stuff. I'm like, just pop this guy. But Robert De Niro does get shot a couple times. In the neck. He gets shot and he gets shot in the neck. That was nasty. He has like mm-hmm. a hole in his neck. That looked really good. Yeah. And then he ends up getting shot in like the arm too. Mm-hmm. So then yeah, he kills the nuts. he sh- he kills the guy that is sleeping with Jody. Yes, or it's up there in the room with her. With her. Yes. Shoots him like boop 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 boop, but like laces him up. Bop, 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 bop. That's with the that's with the little the little snub nose one, the one that's attached to his arm, mm. right? He pulls that one out and he's just fire, 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 fire. Um, he's out. The guy with the hand gone is still climbing. The other guy comes back, right? No, the sport. The, the guy who's climbing on him is is still on him. But the yeah, he, oh, he killed Sport after he he blew off that guy's hand. Oh, okay, yeah. The Sport was the guy who shot him in the neck and then he turned around okay. and blasted him. Okay, that's what happened. Yeah. Perfect. It's very yeah. chaotic. It's, it's, it is kind of chaos. Yeah. yeah, it's chaos. Um, but then, yeah, then he ends up getting up there and he's bleeding out or whatever. And Jodie Foster's like crying and freaking out, and she's like st- hiding in the corner or whatever. And then he goes and sits on the on the couch, right? And he's like bleeding out. And then the cops come in, like three cops come in, right? And the, in my head, like, I right away thought of uh, SNL, the mm, what you say bit, mm. like, and then he'll come in and shoot me. <laughs> then they'll shoot each other. Like, that's exactly what my brain went to. It's very funny. Um, but yeah, then he sits on the, on, the, on the couch and then the cops come in and look at him. Right? He pulls, they pull the gun. And I love that moment where he lifts his hand, like the fake gun hand to his head. And he's like, Poof. And he just like puts his head back. I thought that was so psycho, and I loved it. Why? Yeah, mm-hmm. wh- that was just crazy to me. I was like, he is yeah. insane. Like, kill him, kill this guy. He's a crazy <laughs> man. He just killed three people. Like, he he's clearly like this fourteen year old, twelve year old girl is in the room as well. Like, this guy is a threat, and the police should have killed him. But it does feed away into that um, "Ooh, what you say" video because remember how beautifully done that shot was. Everyone's frozen. And it takes like a top down shot and it's just scanning the whole room as like these bodies are like on the floor. It's like, I don't know. It's, I think that was one of the prettiest shots because it it just, that's pretty slow-mo and everyone's frozen and it's, I don't know. It was just really cool. I really like that. It was cool. Yeah. The the cinematography in this movie is, is really good. That last scene, that last shot, especially for the top was really creative, like really well done creatively. Like I, I I don't think I've seen something like that. Um, But I also think that, Everything was done like just for the flashy, just for like, oh, cool cinematography. And like that last scene where it just drags on and you see everything and it goes all the way out into the street was a little a little redundant for me. Um, I felt like it was just it was just a a lot for flash, basically, which is a lot of this movie, in my opinion. It's just it's just all for flash. Yeah, sure. I watched uh, I watched this movie on Showtime anytime. Alex, what did you you watch it on Tubi? Tubi. You watched it on Tubi and Irving. You watched it on Hulu, right? Hulu, yeah, it was on Hulu. Um, was it grainy for you guys? This film felt grainy, like it felt low res. Like I don't know if you guys got that. I don't think it was my streaming situation. I actually thought it was, like, especially since it is an old movie. Um, I thought it looked fine on my TV. I was actually thinking about like, oh wow, this actually looks good on here. Uh, it was a little gr- it, it looked did look a little grainy, but I think it's also like. 
just film back then like you know you gotta yeah like the iso you gotta crank that thing up so it, yeah like there was some, a lot of night it's mostly at night a yeah lot of night shots and even that scene i think where he like drives in to go shoot that guy um sport like it felt weird it felt like the movie as far as like the the color grading just did not add up to like the rest of the movie oh. it's just something that i noticed i was like the darks are like super dark and like the highlights are like it it felt like too contrasty in my opinion but Hmm. Yeah, how was was how was Tubi? <laughs> no, Tubi was good. Tubi was good. I mean, I yeah, it might have been just kind of like a like a style choice, maybe. Because granted, yeah, they were they they were shooting in low light, but also I feel like seventies the style was like a lot of yellow and reds were yeah. were really prevalent in the style. I just know mo- other movies from this time don't necessarily look the way it looks. So it kind of threw me off a little bit and how grainy it was, and especially considering it was Martin Scorsese. Mm-hmm. I thought it would be like Mr. Perfection, right? But he's so perfection guy. Um, but yeah, so he ends up like going, I thought this was a little janky that he survived all of this. Yeah. I was like, all right, bleeding out from your neck, that much blood, dude, I don't think you're living from that one. Um, but yeah, he goes into a coma and they start doing all these like newspaper clippings of him reveled as a hero, right? So he got what he wanted, right? He yeah. is a hero in the eyes of the press and stuff and the eyes of the public for saving him. And then like you hear the voiceover from uh, Iris's dad, right? Who's just like, thank you so much. You know, you're in a coma. We couldn't do it. You know, just explaining how everything happened. Um, but then it cuts back to him alive which i was like oh i thought he was dead i thought it was mm-hmm. ending right when they faded out i thought that was the end of the movie yeah um but there's a whole another like five minutes which i was not anticipating but he ends up giving her a ride back right betsy. he ends up getting betsy a ride uh like they're like he's like talking with all his buddies outside and he has like the scar on his neck from the bullet wound and then he's just like hey you gotta you got a fare and he's like okay and then he goes and gets in the car and it's i knew it was gonna be betsy mm. um uh, here's my thoughts though I don't think it. I don't think it was her. Mm. I don't think that was actually her. Do you guys? Did you guys? Enter, would you entertain that thought? Yeah, it's definitely likely. I thought it was a, a like a dream because it was, it was like he he was looking at her through the rearview mirror. Like I think it was a hallucination in my head. I, I don't know. I I feel like it might have been yeah. a hallucination, right? Because he was just looking mm-hmm. at her through the mirror, and like it just seemed really kind of like wispy, like the uh, it. I don't yeah, know it, the lights. And it stuff. seems too perfect. Like, I, I yeah. was just like, oh, man, like, this is like, I don't like where this is going. <laughs> it didn't make sense to me. Um, but I don't know. It's It could very likely have been the real her. And this is how the movie ended, because not only is he alive, but he liberated. Um, uh, what's her name? Uh, he liberated. He liberated Jody. And uh, and then now Betsy is like he's he's in good standing with Betsy. Now everything's yeah. perfect with him. But like. It shouldn't be. Yeah, I uh, that that changes my perspective on the ending because I thought it was really weird that he did survive, like you guys said, and then he drove Betsy and Betsy's all over him. And I'm just like, oh, this is like yeah. like feeding into that, like uh, like as you could be a I terrible right person, thing. but like you saved a girl and like he's a hero and like that it did didn't feel realistic. So I. I like that 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 theory and that uh, what you just said because that makes way more sense than just him going on with his life and everything being perfect. Um, it might be more of like a that's like the last kind of like like a dream that he had before he died. Like I think that oh. that could that that fits into like what you guys mm. are saying. Like 
as he's dying, as he's going away, he sees this hallucination of him being a hero and him getting getting the girl and then he just dies. So very true. Yeah. yeah. I think though, okay, here's here here inter- entertain this thought. I think it's real. I think he survives. Hmm. And I think that he gives a ride to somebody, but it's not her. Okay. I think he gives a ride to somebody. It's just a regular ride. And he is because we never actually see her in the car, right? He only is looking through her the rear view. Right. Mm-hmm. That's how we see her. Then she gets out of the car and, and comes around and is like, you know, how much do I owe you? What's the fare? And he just like mumbles and like drives away. But it, this is what makes me think it was real is because he's like as he's driving away right before the end of the movie, he has like this freak out. Like he has this like one second freak out. Right. Like you guys notice that. Right. Like where he like like he's quickly turns and looks at the rear view mirror and the music gets creepy super quick. And then it fades back because it's playing the. <laughs> it's playing that freaking song and then it kind of like goes like and then it's like and then it stops mm. and then it goes back to normal so he has like this if you go back and rewatch, like it's a one second little thing where he just like it's the last thing that happens in the movie where he just like <gasps> like he sees something in the rear view mirror and he looks very quickly and then it's over so that's what makes me think that's a re- it's real he's alive yeah yeah so good good uh good observation it's, it's creepy I had to go back and rewatch it. I had I looked. I was like, "Wait, what the hell just happened?" I, first, I went back to see like, "What did he just say?" Because he goes, goes like, "What's the fare?" And he just like, huh. and he just like drives away. I was like, "What the hell was that?" Yeah, like enunciate a little, say no or something. He just kind of drives off, and then then that happens. And I was like, "Whoa!" I, so I, it could be crazy. It could be a combination of everything that we're saying then too, because like, yeah. for for that last that final part that you're explaining, you're like, "Oh, maybe he he's like trying to." float in and out of like his hallucinations and that was one of the things she's like wait did that was that real or whatever so it, yeah. it oh. plays along with everything man wow this is fun it's a fun it's a fun ending uh i didn't really like love it the second i saw it but now that we're talking about it, i'm like okay this is this is to spur fan theories and i think it's cool yeah whatever yeah. why not a lot of i fun. definitely enjoy um, it yeah. more now that we've talked about it because you guys yeah. bring up good points yeah yeah, I think I'm in the same camp. Um, but yeah, that's like kind of the end there. Roll credits, and it's a very long credit sequence of him driving, um, and it just has the credits roll over the top of it. And again, it says De Niro, uh, one word, uh, incorrectly now at <laughs> least apparently at that point. Um, as far as I wanted to look at some, um, that's pretty. That's pretty much all I had. Uh, but I wanted to look at some. I don't know if how many awards it won. It looks like it was nominated for Best Picture. Robert De Niro was uh, nominated for Best Actor. Wow. Jodie Foster was nominated Oscar for Best Actress in a Supporting Role wow. and Best Music. Posthumous. Po- how do you say that word? Posthumously? Posthumously. Uh, for original score for Bernard Herman, rest in peace. Nominated Golden Globes, Best Actor for Robert De Niro, Best Screenplay. Uh, a couple BAFTA winners. It won um, Film Music, Film Award, and nominated for Film Award. I don't know what that. Oh, 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 oh I'm sorry. Most promising newcomer, Jodie Foster won a BAFTA and Best Supporting Actress for that. Um, so a lot of uh, critically acclaimed, a lot of critical acclaims here. And again, ninety six percent on Rotten Tomatoes, ninety three from the uh, audience score. Um, critic consensus on uh, tomato- Rotten Tomatoes: a must see film for movie lovers. This Morton Scorsese masterpiece is hard hitting as it is compelling, with Robert De Niro at his best. Uh, yeah, I mean, that's, it's, it's widely loved mm-hmm. and, and I get it, I get it, but it is definitely a movie person's movie. Yeah. Yeah. I, um, yeah, go ahead. Uh, 
I had a question for you guys. So like I, I, you, you know, you, you asked me to come on the this show and I wanted to watch a movie that I haven't seen so I can be like on par with you guys as well. And, you know, see it for the first time, be, be what the, what the show is called basically. But, um, I watched Joker and, uh, you know, everything leading up to Joker 2019 Joker was, they were drawing a lot of parallels between this movie and, and that. And this is partly why I picked it. Um, do you, have you guys seen Joker and do you think yeah. that they, you could see a lot of similarities because the entire time I was watching this movie, I could see some similarities of some unhinged man trying to, you know, do what he thinks is right and stuff like that. And, and especially with the dream sequence at the end. Yeah. I felt like, and maybe because I've, I'm, I'm biased cause you know, I, I watched it before this, but I felt like Joker did it better. And I know I'm going to get a lot so of hate. Say the, I almost say, the, I would say the other way. Really? I was literally thinking it's the other way. I would think I like this more than Joker. Wow. Joker is more of a, I would, like, I never, I didn't get that vibe and I never heard those comparisons. Really? Before. Wow. Um, I, literally the Joker never popped into my head. Mm. Uh, but I think, uh, I think this is, would be more true to form and is a much slower play than, than it is there. Cause there are still more like exciting moments in Joker. It's more of a modern retelling of that. Mm-hmm. If, if, if I had to compare, I get the comparisons now that you say them, but like, yeah, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't go as far to be like, Oh, these are like, you got to pick one or the other. Like they're two different movies. No, for sure. Um, I do. And that's not what I was, I was, I was getting at more. I see similarities between them. And I think that the story wise, especially with, with Joker, right. There's, you know, cause that whole thing is like, what is real and what isn't real. There's so many, like, you know, the rug gets pulled under you from this thing that you thought was real. And then you find out that it wasn't real. And maybe the yeah. whole movie wasn't real. Maybe it was all in his head. Cause he's in Arkham. But for me, I, th- I think I like that more because the story is kind of, in a way, even though they were sporadic, they made more sense together as opposed to here where I couldn't really. There's two different stories happening at the same time that didn't come together, I guess. No, true. I, I mean, yeah, Joker, it's been a while since we've watched that one, but um, but it definitely followed this character arch, right? Where it's like, you know, the, this guy, he kind of goes through this journey and he's mm-hmm. kind of viewed as like the villain I don't, yeah, I don't, I, I mean, I, I, I totally get the, the similarities, but, but, um, I don't know. It just made, I feel like so uncomfortable at the end of it. It's like it, nothing really resolves because you're like, that's just kind of how, how these movies are. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, it seems like we are, we are, at least in a general consensus, that this is a good movie and that, like, we at least, like, as if you're a movie buff, yeah, this is a good movie. And it, there's no, like, taking it away that Taxi Driver is a good movie. Um, but there are people who think otherwise. So let's go ahead and read a couple one star, uh, user reviews on IMDb. Um, what is it with this movie? One star. Why is this film? Why this film is a classic is a profound mystery. Um, a major bore fest, an insufferable bore. Taxi driver equals horribly overrated, stupid movie. It's awful, full of flaws to be called a masterpiece. Boring as hell, one of the biggest trash of all time. Whoa. Don't waste your time. Dumb standard gun story. There's a lot of really bad rules. This straight up. This is <laughs> October 3rd, 2007 from S underscore A underscore N underscore. It sandwiches with underscores everywhere. <laughs> this movie sucked. Just straight up. Uh, let's read this one. I can't believe I just saw a movie called The Big Sleep, where way too much stuff happens. Ooh, got him. And the next day, I watched this rubbish where nothing happens. They should have evened out the plots and maybe made two good films. 
no. I thought I had seen Vertigo, which had all the driving I could stomach, but this one holds the record. He never gets out of his little yellow car, <laughs> which means that nothing happens in the film. He just drives around talking to himself. I've never seen anything quite like it and hope to never do it again. And then it continues. Uh, okay, relax, sandwiches. 2007. <laughs> People who leave. Uh, I mean, negative. I don't think it's boring. Did you guys think it was boring? Uh, no. I never thought it was boring. I didn't think it was boring. No, I mean, I've seen Blade Runner, and I love Blade Runner, so <laughs> a lot of people find that movie boring, Dude, I gotta so watch this that was one. fine. I, I, I've never seen Blade Runner. Neither have I. Oh, you, um, you know, these same reviews would probably be in Blade Runner's uh, reviews, <laughs> um, but if you uh, like Taxi Driver, then you, can, you, you should definitely watch it. Sorry, go ahead. I got another one from Rod Decker, May 2nd, 2015. Beep, beep, honk, honk. I don't get it. I really don't. And I guess I never will. <laughs> hey, there you go. <laughs> it goes on, but I like that. Just, I don't get it. I really don't. And I guess I never will. I don't think there's anything to not get about this movie. Maybe just the ending, but it's kind mm-hmm. of straightforward. He goes crazy and kills people and then saves a girl. It's kind of, it's not too hard to grasp. Just the ending is, but there are plenty of one star reviews and you should definitely go read them on, on IMDb. They're good. They're funny. A lot of people are mad at this movie. <laughs> Relax. It's good. Um, we've come to the end here. This is a very long episode, but I feel like this is kind of one that we needed to, to really hash out a lot of things with. And I felt like we did skip some things. Yeah. Um, but, um, overall, uh, I will ask you the same question I asked you at the beginning to give you final thoughts. We'll start with Irving, who is our guest here today. Irving, would you recommend Taxi Driver? Now that we've talked about it for almost an hour and 15 minutes, uh, would you recommend Taxi Driver to someone who has not seen it before? Uh, pretty much what I said at the beginning. Yes. If you are a movie buff and you want to see all the classics then definitely give it a go uh, for a classic or for just a casual audience and just somebody who doesn't really see a lot of movies i think you can skip out on it but if you really want to be in the know great films i think this is uh definitely up your alley alex now that we've talked about taxi driver for over an hour would you recommend taxi driver to someone who hasn't seen it before uh i liked it but i wouldn't recommend it i mean I'm, I like the character arc. I, I like that. The the soundtrack, you know, was was good. Um, and actually, shout out to... Okay, so let's talk about the, co- the composer really quick. Bernard Herrmann. He scored Citizen Kane and, like, Psycho from Alfred Hitchcock. Like, this dude wow. is a legendary composer. Um, and so... It, it was... It was... It I'm going to do this sense. as you talk about yeah, it. Yeah, give okay? me some background. It, it makes sense why he was nominated for you know, best film for this movie because he's such a legendary composer. Um, but there was surprisingly a lot of silence in it as well. And so that played into the just yeah. kind of uneasy, just, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, um, oh, for he sure. also did a uh, Twilight Zone. So, um, yeah, this shout wow. out to the composer. It's definitely a good movie. It's artistic AF. It's artistic. But yeah. would not Very um, artistic. recommend. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, I'm in the same boat, pretty much. Um, I still think Robert De Niro fans, if you're a Robert De Niro fan, if you saw The Irishman, you're like, and you know, maybe it was one of the first things you ever really seen Robert De Niro in, um, in more of a serious capacity, this might be something like, this would be a cool thing to go back and see. I think it was cool to see a very young Robert De Niro mm-hmm. um, and to see a very young Jodie Foster, very young, again, 12 years old. Jodie Foster and she she does a great job she's really I mean she's a great actor for a reason she's she's phenomenal in this movie too um and and we get to see the glimpse of what she has to hold in the future um so if you are uh 
Again, a film buff, that's obvious. I don't think you have to necessarily be a straight-up film buff to have to enjoy this movie. I think a lot of people will still find enjoyment out of this movie, but I think you need to go into it realizing that you're not going to get this. You know, you'll get a shootout at the end, but you're not going to get this intense, high-packed, high-drama thriller show. You know, you're not going to get that. Um, it's a slow burn. I think that was the perfect way to describe it at the beginning, Irving. It's mm. a slow burn, um, but it's good. There was one more thing... Um, uh, I wanted to say about the R rating for this. This is again from the Wikipedia. I'm going to read it again. The climatic shootout was considered intensely graphic by a few critics, considering an X rating for the film. Ooh. The film was booed at the Keynes Film Festival for its graphic th- violence. In order to attain an R rating, Scorsese had the colors desaturated, making the brightly colored blood rest less prominent. In later interviews, Scorsese commented that he was pleased by the color change and considered it an improvement over the film's originally filmed scene. In the special edition DVD, Michael Chapman, the film's cinematographer, regrets the decision and the fact that no print with the unmuted colors exists anymore, as the originals had long since deteriorated. So there is a cut of this movie that many, many people have not seen, but like a film festival has seen and booed. And I want to see it so bad. That's kind of wild. That also probably makes sense as to why the last scene felt looked weird yeah. when I was watching it. I was like, this 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 color grading is completely different than the rest of the movie. So Dude, that makes a lot of sense. What a good eye. Yeah. That's like, yeah. you, 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 you caught that. That's amazing. <laughs> like, Irving's a... A film and, and picture guy. He's a film and photo guy. Yeah. Brilliant. Uh, Brilliant stuff. Yeah, that, that's try. I think it's try. I, we Release the Chapman cut. <laughs> <laughs> Give me the Chapman cut of Taxi Driver. Everyone's talking about the Snyder cut right now. Give me the Chapman cut. Uh, crazy. I would I would love to see it, but it doesn't exist. It, it's gone. It's lost. Gone. Maybe when I get to the to the gold, the, the pearly gates of heaven, I'll ask Jesus Christ, can I please see the Chapman cut? of taxi driver make sure to wear your chain from your grandpa i'll wear my chain (laughs) and i'll say who killed jfk (laughs) how did the pyramids get built and can i see taxi driver chapman cut that's what i want anyway you should watch it i think it's worth a watch uh but not for the very generic like i just go watch marvel movies person nah probably not uh but yeah guys that was taxi driver taxi driver Taxi driver. Wow, we have really rambled. Hour and a half right now. Yikes. Okay. Um, Alex, you know my question. You look contemplative. Is he ready? We're going to find out. What's our next movie, Alex? Next movie is Clueless, released in 1995. PG-13, hours 37. Comedy romance, released July 19th, 1995. 6.8 out of 10. Can you read it like a valley girl, please? Well, of course... Shallow, rich, and socially successful Cher is at the top of her Beverly Hills High School's per- pecking scale. Seeing herself as a matchmaker, Cher first coaxes two teachers into dating each other. Like that? Did <laughs> no, you like that? Directed by Amy good. Hecklering, written by Amy Hecklering, starring Alicia Silverstone, Stacey Dash, and Brittany Murphy. Ooh, RIP to Brittany Murphy. This is going to be a good one. I'm excited for this. I think it's a, another one I of those only, cult followings. Only, yeah. Only thing I know of this is the meme is the yellow yellow plaid pantsuit or skirt dress thing, whatever, mm. where she goes as if and pushes someone away. That's the only thing I know about this movie. Irving, have you seen Clueless? Uh, no, but I heard it's a fun movie. Okay. So very, I, I would assume very different. This is like 
20 some year or like 19 years apart completely different genres and uh genre uh and and just a totally different movie i think and this is kind of like more of a different movie than than we have seen at all on this podcast oh yeah like we have watched a lot of guy classic movies and we're going in we're going the female route this time we're gonna go see a a, a a classically woman movie i guess i don't know how to really describe that yeah but very much loved in the female community let's do it full send wow. paul red's in this actually by full the way, send too. clueless mm-hmm. wow i'm excited that's man. exciting the 90s yeah that's next week yeah 90s movie uh we'll be checking out clueless next week um irving lopez slash legend dude Knocked it out of the park. Uh, you picked Taxi Driver. I probably never would have watched it had you not picked it, or somebody would have had to have picked it eventually. We probably would have picked it on our own. Um, so great choice. Irving of LXM Duo and Power on Weekly, a show that I am a frequent guest of if you really want to keep listening to me talk um, <laughs> and see my face, uh, then you can do that. Tell the people all about Power on Weekly. Yeah. So it's a, well, first of all, thank you for having me. Um, I've been, you know, I listen to your show occasionally when I've seen the movies. I, I like to do that, yeah. but um, it's it's a fun show. You guys do a good job, and I want to thank you guys for having me on here. Um, and yeah, That's for way pa- too nice, but thank you <laughs> for Power on Weekly. Uh, it is a weekly show where my wife and I get together and we just talk about video game news. Um, I have been a video game fanatic all my life, and I really like talking about news, which is like what, what's happening. You know, what's what's coming out what's being delayed getting a lot of that recently and my (laughs) wife really likes to talk about the business side of it so i think it's a really cool uh dynamic between the two of us where it's just like here's video game stuff but then also let's talk about the business stuff why does sony do certain things is it because they're a japanese company and that you know that's just a little taste and stuff but it's we have a we have a good time. We mostly talk about Xbox if I'm being honest and, and Game Pass because we're huge fans about it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's Power On Weekly. You can find that on YouTube. Just search Power On Weekly Weekly or LXM Duo, which is your two last names. Yeah. Uh Duo. Uh also on Twitch. If you ever decide to do that, twitch.tv slash LXM Duo. Yeah, very good time. And uh we've been friends for a long time and that's that's, that's kind of crazy to say. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, it's always a good time. And um, by the time you're listening to this, I will have been on last week's episode uh, of, of Power On Weekly. So go do that and go watch that and go like, subscribe, hit the bell and uh, all that good stuff. So you can never miss an episode of Power On Weekly with Irving and Allie. It's a very good show. Um, that's Alex Schmitten. You can follow Alex Schmitten on Twitter, Instagram, Alex at why are you doing the Jack Black eyebrows right now for our listeners? You can't see that. He's doing it's Jack Black thing. eyebrows. It's scary. Um, you can go follow Alex Schmitten, whatever, at Alex Schmitten. You can also follow his rug business and get, okay, what is a taxi driver rug? Maybe like the arm with the gun coming out. <laughs> that would be a cool How rug. about a, uh, a hand with uh, two of the middle fingers? The missing. hand blown off. <laughs> I think they blew off his That's other fingers good. too from his other hand. I think, or they Ooh. stabbed his hand or something when they did that. Stabbed, stabbed he stabbed it. it. Yes, yeah. he pulled out the knife from his boot. Yeah, his cowboy. And yet boot. he yeah. still was able to to like still hold him down. Brilliant. There was somebody just sitting in traffic right now in their car, going like, "They didn't bring up the knife. They never brought up that they pulled out the oh, knife." Man. Like just pissed off, just super. That person. But there you go, freak. That person would not now be you, happy. Now you heard it. Sorry, but yeah, just like, this is my favorite movie. I can't believe you didn't bring it up. Um. Anyway, yeah, he pulled out. Tweet a knife. at us. Gosh, get over it. <laughs> 
tweet at us. We don't have a tweeter. We don't have a tweeter. Uh, I think I am going to start one. Ugh. I think I'm going to start a Twitter. Sure. For the movie pod. Go for it. And Alex will never touch it. I'll give him the login. He'll never touch yep. it. He'll never do yep. anything with it. He does. He still hasn't even tweeted about the show from his own account. Anyway, that's all I have to get out. Um, you can email us though at well, what is it? Miswpodcast at gmail dot com. Miswpodcast at gmail dot com. Tell us about uh what you thought of, of Taxi Driver, and maybe we'll revisit it in a future episode. Um. I will note this too here right before we run away. I'm going to start putting the two Irvings uh, and Allie's recommendation. I'm going to start putting the next week's movie in the description every week. That way you don't always have to listen. So you can always check up what the next movie is going to be. It will be in the episode description every week from my cousin Vinny on. So now you know that. There you go. MISWpodcast.gmail.com. You can follow me too at Steve Granado, G R A N A D O, and yell at me on Twitter about I'm dumb and wrong and Taxi Driver sucks. Uh, anyway, that's going to do it for us, for Al, Ali and Irving, for Irving and Alex. I'm Steve Granado. We'll talk to you next week with Clueless. Thanks. Bye. Bye. Bye.